It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome to another episode of On The Turnbuckle here on my podcast house.com or on Stitcher or whatever you are listening to us on. That now does qualify me for a position on WrestleBrainia. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, Welshie, good day to you. Very good day, Tony. How are you? Uh, excellent, thank you. Very good day to you, Lyle. Good day to you too, Tony. You're well? I'm feeling a little bit under the weather, to be honest. You are. You look like you've got you coronavirus like or something. Well, at least I get it before I go to Japan. Yeah, so I'll get it out of the way before I get there. Yeah, good point. So, you look like point. shit. We lasted 15 there. seconds before a coronavirus joke. Yeah. Uh, that's the voice of Joel Bateman, who we're going to be interviewing as our guest, but he's also a special co-host howdy, howdy, on the howdy. program today. G'day, Joel. How are we? Good, mate. How are you? Yeah, good. Really good, actually. Uh, 2020's off to a fantastic start. Congratulations to the Melbourne Aces, your mate. Hey, champion. Um, exactly. It's a wrestling podcast, guys. I wanted to get one baseball thing in before I start like extramaritaling law. Well, I wanted one baseball oh, thing. Yeah. It's the citrus, citrus. Yeah, we, we did good. We did already. Good. Uh, we made it twenty seconds before I called you a cuck. Yeah. <laughs> Jags T last week, boys. Uh, good episode. Big listening episode. That was an amazing episode. I so like we listened to it and I forwarded it on to a lot of the younger guys around the place. It was super, super enlightening and then especially kind of looking at the interview in hindsight was really interesting as well. Yeah. Yeah, look, it was obviously I have not listened back to the interview. I, f- I found it a bit tough to listen back just because of how excited he was when he was in here and um, a lot of the feedback has been very sympathetic towards JXT and his situation. Um, obviously, if you didn't listen last week and you don't know, JXT went over to the States and uh, had the incorrect visa and is now back in Australia. Um, but yeah, I found it tough to listen back, to be honest. So Joel, as a wrestler, is this something that we now, that all wrestlers need to take heed of? Obviously, is it is it something that's going to affect others? So I had a big chat with JXT at APW about it and got a lot more detail than what he put online. I'm not going to repeat it out yeah. of respect for Josh, but not all hope is lost for him. And there were certain things that kind of they were aware of um, that, that tipped him off. And yeah, I mean, we should all be traveling on correct visas. I mean, I... I do a lot of the stuff to get people into Australia. And the same thing, I mean, everyone knows about the story of Chris Hero getting stopped on border security um, for trying to come in on the wrong visa. It's exactly the same thing. Mm. Um, But I think it was Shazza who put it on Twitter because you've got to risk it for the biscuit because the alternative is no biscuit. Yeah, and that's the thing. The Getting the correct visa is really tough. For America, it's borderline impossible. You have um, to be sponsored by a promotion who, yeah, essentially will pay for your visa yeah. and take responsibility for you being there. So the only other way I could see it working is if 
you had a shoot job over there that Correct. you could get a visa for. So, I mean, if there was a money market there, <laughs> they could sponsor the wrestlers to come over and work for their retail conglomerate and let them do some matches around the place. Mm. That could work. It has for certain wrestlers in the past who have spent extended time in the US uh, have gone over for legitimate jobs and then stuck as weekend warriors and then brought their families over um, that then kind of grew into an amazing thing and those people have really good reputations if you can read between <laughs> And can we just say too to anyone from US Customs who's listening after uh, <laughs> knowing that we had JXT on last week, uh, we don't advocate that to happen. That's legal. To have JXT on a podcast, I'm not sure about that. <laughs> uh, moving right it did on. Really good numbers. Yeah, no, really exactly. I, I'm sure it did. And him getting booked for APW, you know, four well, days after getting back. He's really cool. It was unbelievable circumstances. You know, Josh yeah. gets turned around at LAX at the same time that Sammy Guevara blows his ankle out and isn't able to wrestle and JXT being able to fill in. Like, I was at that APW show, um, Full House at their new venue, which is great. It was 250-plus, legitimately. And and JXT is probably the biggest replacement name they could get on the back of what had happened. Well, I mean, they had JXT and they also had Tyson Baxter return unannounced as well. Um, so they had a couple of aces in the hole, but the, I haven't seen JXT wrestle like that before. And I said that to him after the match. I said, where did that come from? And he spoke about it with you guys a lot, about changing his style and being a bigger yeah. guy. And him and Zane Zodiac tore the house down. Mm. Like, up there for one of the best matches I've seen in Melbourne this year, period. Yeah. I think I think a lot's clicking. Mm. A lot of, lots clicked with JXT, and I think a lot of that came through in the interview. It did. Where... Um, he is thinking a lot more about what he wants to do and he's also taking a lot more advice on board. Yeah, and he was motivated. I Pulling out moves and and him and Zane Zodiac took it to a level I didn't think it could go, That's to be completely amazing. honest. And when that goes up online, I definitely recommend you check it out. Definitely will. All right, time to have a chat to this man about his wrestling career. We had a chat to you, obviously, uh, a month and a bit ago in regards to the... Uh, Wrestle for Relief show that was uh, out at the ballpark and we focused a lot on that. We didn't actually focus on you as a wrestler at the time but now it's time to because you're sort of in comeback mode. That's Yeah, I'm back, I guess. I've had a couple of matches back and then when I got injured the Twitter machine wasn't really a thing in Australia yet (laughs) and now it is and I've been shooting... Was it that long ago? So I got injured... 2016, wow, I think. Okay. So my last match, completely healthy, was Mitch Waterman and Damian Rivers first. Yeah. So they debuted against myself and Judd Newman, and after the match, we shook. I shook hands with Mitch, and he shoved me, and I shoved him back, and he slapped me, and I slapped him, and my shoulder dislocated. So it's Mitch Waterman's fault. Oh, it's totally his fault. Yeah. Um, I, and I blame him, and I remind him constantly. The problem is he's really good now. Yeah. He's really, uh, really good. <laughs> so, yeah, and the best thing was it was a tournament that we were meant to... Uh, <laughs> we, had, we had another match in about 40 minutes, so I went, ooh, uh, I need to go to the hospital. Mitch, guess what? You're filling in for me. And got in the car and off I went. So I was off for about 18 months there and then came back for about six months at the start of... I feel like it was 2018. And I made it about six months and then blew my shoulder out again. Mm. And now I'm here. So, so what, yeah, shooting all my shots on Twitter. And What was the actual injury? So I tore my labrum. 
So if you make a fist with one hand and a cup with the other, and that's your shoulder and the socket, there's a little membrane that looks like a CD that kind of sits in the middle that keeps the whole thing stuck together, and I tore that completely. That doesn't sound like it's the most pleasant experience you can have. No, it was gross. It was really, really gross. Um, I, I injured it and didn't know what I'd done and then wrestled on it for 18 months, just trying to be tough and going, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll be fine, I'll be fine, I'll be fine. And my back muscles were overcompensating for my shoulder and then my back muscles went out and then I had zero stability. I couldn't throw a tennis ball without dislocating my shoulder. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah, so not good. It's gross. <laughs> so the rehab was fun? Yeah, it was great. Yep. Um, saw you at the gym. Yep. Um, occasionally. But yeah, no, the rehab was good. So he doesn't go to the gym as often as he tells us. Is that what no, you're I don't go to the gym as often as I tell He's you. There. He lives there. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Look at him. I thought he was going to. I was going to say because if your wife listens, <laughs> she's not going to listen. It's <laughs> with different kind of support in our household. It's not wrestling. Definitely. Wow. Um, yeah, the rehab was good. I was in a sling for almost three months. I think it ended up being. And how much of a bitch is wearing a sling? It is the worst, and I'm left-handed and hurt my left shoulder. <laughs> oh, no. So um, yeah, I had to learn how to do everything backwards, which is. So now you're ambidextrous. Yeah, no, I'm uncoordinated on both sides now. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and, and then the rehab went really well and the body's feeling good. I'm starting to feel my age now, but and I mean, I'm younger than... Like 23, 24? Yeah, definitely, 23, yeah. 24. But been wrestling for a really long time and I'm not the same person I was, so I'm like, oh, okay, right, I'll actually have to warm up before wrestling matches now. Um, Is but, it something that's played on your mind in the first couple of matches back? My The injury or my yeah, age? Yeah, the injury. Um, yes. But in both the matches I've had, it's been the thing that's hurt the least, Yeah, um, which is great. So it means the surgery's worked and the rehab's worked and all that kind of stuff. I still wear this big chunky brace more as a placebo than anything. So like my subconscious goes, oh, your shoulder's supported, you'll be fine, don't worry about it because I have done training and stuff without it and I'm constantly yeah. you know, looking out for it subconsciously. Because so. seriously, some, it could have been as easy as someone just grabbing your arm and throwing you into the ropes well, that could have popped it out. Well, so the times I've dislocated it in the ring, one was slapping somebody. The second time was tagging somebody. Just... Yeah, so I took a German suplex immediately, was fine, crawled over, tagged my tag team partner, my shoulder dislocated. Uh, and then the third time, I was on all fours doing, and I did a Randy Orton. I've been there. And you popped what? <laughs> You were doing Randy Orton on all fours. I, I'm going show. to leave this as the world's most uncomfortable silence. Um, I was on all fours trying to rev the crowd up before I did a dive. And so I was on all fours and I went bang and my shoulder went crack. And I went uh, 90 seconds into a match. I just went, sorry guys. And walked backstage and took the count out. And that so was when you were punching the mat saying stupid, you were saying it at yourself, not at Kofi like Randy was. Yes. Yeah, okay, that's fair enough. Fair enough. Unfortunate. Uh, very unfortunate. Shoulders suck. Shoulders. Yeah, they do. They're the yeah. worst. Yeah. Um, it's hard to get around well so I did the exact same thing that Steph Delander Vixen and Mark Davis did but we all had vastly different recovery times but we all had the same surgery and the same injuries yeah good question for WrestleMania you still ain't your angling for that you're doing well you're off to a good start I'm pretty sure I'm refereeing WrestleMania are you really oh, I believe so yeah, yeah probably I'm more of a draw than you Tony yeah. No, I'm not that's on not. That's actually not True. even up for debate. <laughs> um, but yeah, like Steph and Mark and Vixen were all really like it's something that wasn't ever done publicly. When, but they've all been amazing support systems. So. Isn't it funny? We had Steph Delando on a couple of weeks ago. And not once did she say, "Do you know what Joel Bateman and I have in common?" Well, no, because we didn't really talk much about her injury because that was twelve months ago. We spoke about point. that. Yeah, yeah, good point. 
we like to move forwards, Tony. We do, and we are. <laughs> so the um, you're saying that you're thinking about it as you come back, and it's probably hard not to think about the injury when you're first having your first couple of matches. But I imagine that once you're into the match, sort of the adrenaline takes over a bit. The adrenaline takes over, and I'm not concerned about my shoulder. And then I realise that I am not 22 anymore. And my body doesn't behave the way it used to. And if I haven't warmed up, it takes me a little while to warm up and my cardio needs a little bit of work and all that kind of stuff. I'm still very much human. That first match, did you blow up? <laughs> no. The second one, uh, blowing up, yeah, I think, the what did J.A. used to say? The first three rows passed out because I took all the oxygen. <laughs> yeah. Because, <laughs> um, of course, I decided to wrestle in a basketball jersey, but it was a cheap one that doesn't breathe at all. So uh, it was like wrestling in glad wrap. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean... I'm really enjoying it. It's so interesting being behind the curtain for as long as I have been, um, working on things, and then coming back as a wrestler and kind of going, it's all different now. And having chats with, with mates like Richie Taylor and going, is wrestling still the same? And he's like, kind of, yeah, and kind of, nah. Um, it, it's amazing. And like I'm still, even now, has been in wrestling as long as I have, still learning new stuff every day. Do you feel like working so long behind the curtain... You've picked up some things from that role that uh, you can implement into your wrestling. Yes, a hundred percent. Hindsight is twenty twenty, and I can sit there and there are guys who I've helped coach or I've been friends with for a long time, or guys who've come in after I've been injured and don't even know I'm a wrestler, and they go, "Oh wait, what? I just thought you were the backstage guy." I'm like, no, I wrestled for a little bit, um, and seeing what works for them and what doesn't on any number of shows around Australia and then kind of going, hey, why don't you try this? And then now being able to implement it firsthand, you know, takes away a lot of that trial and error that I see everybody else do on my behalf, I guess. Does it work the other way as well? Do you, and I know you're only two matches back into your comeback, but during any time of those matches, have you actually thought as a person from behind the, uh, the the curtain? Yeah, definitely. A hundred percent. Thinking, Espe- am I doing this? Would I, should I do that? Maybe? Yeah. Especially in the death match? Yeah. Um, well, both of them, really, because they haven't been the most technical of matches. I like throwing things at people and hitting people over the head with things. Um, but, oh, okay, cool. We're going to roll through the crowd. I'm going to take you through the crowd. There is no room to move here. Yeah. There is 40 people and the chairs are bolted to the floor. So this is going to be interesting. And then, yeah, I kind of switched logistics brain on while <laughs> getting punched in the head and trying to stagger through and not knock chairs over and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, yeah it definitely works both ways. Because yeah. we have seen you run through the crowd at Thornbury when <laughs> the wrestlers and you're shepherding, you put a block on. You yeah, know? fucking move! <laughs> well, that, yeah, we, we definitely hear that, yeah. that's for sure. Uh, so, yeah. But I, I like you blokes, so I'm like, just be like, move, oh, I'm sorry, as, as opposed recent, to other people. I'm as recent as yeah. the last show. Yeah. <laughs> I'm generally too drunk to move, though, Joel. Yeah, but you're, you're the walls propping you up, so you're out of my way. <laughs> that's <laughs> true. <laughs> And coming straight back into death matches, always something you were going to do if the opportunity was there? I've wanted to... So I got into Australian wrestling in that lovely period of 2001, 2002 that was all based off ECW. Yep. Lobo. Um, just as I got out. Lobo, Mad Dog, Cracker Jack, um, Thug Thomas, all, all yeah. the hardcore guys, uh, Rave, all those guys. So I got in watching that because you couldn't really get ECW on TV here. Mm. So seeing all the hardcore stuff and the deathmatch stuff firsthand was what I fell in love with. And then just as I continued to wrestle and grow older and, you know, work for companies where I was able to do a little bit more stuff. Yeah. That was always the style 
um, I wanted to do. And now I guess I've kind of got the opportunity to do it without the shackles of, you know, youth, I guess. So, yeah, it's um, always something I've wanted to do and always something I'll continue to do. I mean, there's quite a few wrestlers in Melbourne who are big fans of the Deathmatch. Yes. Um, and haven't really been getting much of an opportunity to do it. That's exactly right. I mean, there's a bunch of guys who are really interested in death matches all over Australia and names that you wouldn't necessarily expect to all including go... Including the girls. Including the girls, um, who all go, geez, it'd be really good fun to do a death match. But it's all about circumstance um, because there isn't really, you know, one particular company that hangs their hat on the ultra-violent side of things. Um, we've made amazing leaps and bounds in Australian wrestling, but there's, that's the one kind of genre that's not being touched anywhere, really. So, but yeah. there's definitely an audience for it in Melbourne. You see, with the Mad Dog versus Takeda, you know that packed room. You know, I watch the match through my fingers. Exactly, shit scared the whole time. But it's also entertaining in a sadistic way. Exactly, and I mean, you've been to Big Japan as well, yes. and it's the spectacle. But that room was sold out on Mad Dog and Takeda, and yeah. even looking back when it was Mad Dog and Junkasai. Or the death match that Charlie Evans and Avery did at the girls' show. Like any time it's presented properly and presented with respect and presented with the grandeur it deserves, it always draws well. Sabu would have to be my favourite. Yeah, he's been cancelled, Tony, multiple times. No, I understand that, but as a death match wrestler, amazing what I saw him do in a couple of matches. Just did you go and see him and Mad Dogs Barbed Wire match? Yes. Uh, yes. No, you didn't. <laughs> No. Didn't I? I no. was there. That was scary. It was, it was this... When his hair got caught... Oh, in the got scalped. I was talking about 15 yeah. years ago. No, we were talking about... Sabu was oh, here yeah, like no, six no, months no, ago. Yeah, okay. No, yeah. I didn't say that one, no. That, that was... What could I? That was scary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He got scalped. And then started selling yeah. strands of his hair. He did too, yeah. actually. Always yes, a worker. Well played. Uh, does it concern you that they're called death matches? <laughs> There's got to be some sort of... Tape up Worry your arteries, about that, Tony. <laughs> I'm trying to think of other stipulation examples. To be honest, like I'm not going to break both. I'm not going to break both your legs in a last man standing match, am I? Well, you might. I'm. Yeah. Realistically, I probably will. Um, I, I high risk, high reward. Like yeah. I, I love when you can call it a death match, and there are places where they'll call it something else, and it'll be a death match just under. Well, they call it an ultra-violent ma- violent match at um, BCW. Yeah, ultra-violent rules, House of Horrors, etc., etc., etc. Any number of prison riot match, any number of stipulations. Even a street they... fight, though, can turn into a death match. I, I'd say Richie Taylor and DCT were more or less there when they kind of finished their rivalry. Yeah. That was like smashing glass and diving off of scaffolds. Richie and... off the scaffold, it was very cool. It's going to make every yeah. MCW highlight reel for the next yeah. decade. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, do, it does concern me, but again, you put Deathmatch on the poster and it, you get that buzz in the room. That And you, you see Big Japan while you're in Japan as well? No, no, when I go back next year. Excellent. Yeah, so you, there's that buzz in the room when you hear the word Deathmatch because it sets the expectation of what you're going to see as a punter. Yeah. And the wrestlers feel the same way. Like if I know I'm doing a hardcore match, it takes me to 70% if I know I'm doing a Deathmatch. Yeah. You know, I get the goosebumps and, you know, the hair on the back of my neck stands up. Three, two... Just to play a bit of devil's advocate, though, um, sure. with the Australian media being what they are, um, if someone is running deathmatch shows, would they need to have a pretty good um, plan in case Channel 9 put it on um, a current affair? So what happened 
20 years ago was there was a wrestler who wasn't a part of the company that was that had all the success in Melbourne at the time and was drawing 1,100 people to a death match and got very upset that they weren't a part of it and took the footage, exposed the business and went to Today Tonight. Um. And there was a huge expose on the promotion, death matches, pulled back the curtain on a lot of it. The term that hit all the papers was organised barbarism. And it went from 1,100 to 150 in four weeks. That being said, that was 20 years ago. I think Melbourne being the art city that it is, it's all about how it's presented. If you're presenting it as bullshit fight club, yeah, you're going to get crucified by the media. But being the art city that it is and the performance art that's been put out in this city is a million times worse than a deathmatch. So it's all about how you present it and then the market you present it to. Because, I mean, you look at the stuff that goes on at the Fringe every year. Yeah, I mean, you look at the stuff that you know performance artists do at Dark Mofo, or you know some of the amazing stuff that Cracker Jack does as an artist. Um, uh, worse than a death match. So it's all about perception and setting the expectation. Yeah, I so think, marketing anyway. it the right way, yep. but also having that um, ability to explain what you're doing. Exactly, and I mean we're we're all a lot less cavalier than we were. 20 years ago because I was training to be a wrestler then and I was a part of all that but like for example we get blood tests every six months everyone's got private health insurance and ambulance cover wasn't a thing then do you know what I mean like we're we're more regulated than most of the sport at a local level because we understand we've seen it go bad and we don't want that to happen again nobody wants another carnage essentially and that's what a lot of people are concerned about, but again, present it the right way and set the expectation and know how to explain it to someone who doesn't know what's going on. And it's enjoyable. A no ring death match. <laughs> totally different again. It's just two people just going for it with people around them. Well, so I came across Casanova Valentine on the internet because I realised we're pretty much the same person. We are big, fat, bearded guys who work in breweries. Well, and you're, like you're, you're apparently more of a scrappy dappy do. Yeah. <laughs> My plan after this is to actually go home and draw me as scrappy too, <laughs> and draw Hawko as Scooby. Um, so that'll be a t-shirt soon. But um, yeah, he called me. I giggled my absolute brains out when I saw that promo. Massive I thought point. it was amazing. Um, but yeah, uh, Cass and I got talking, and he's taken. The career path I guess I want. Like he's a top guy at Combat Zone Wrestling in the US. Um, Tournament of Death. Has a really good foothold with ICW who are doing the chain rope no holds barred shows. He had a really good match with Homicide there. So we we just got talking and he, he's got time for a holiday. I mean he's got to go to the UK and I believe he's off to Mexico and stuff like that later this year and he's got time for a holiday. He sent me a message and said, hey, I want to come to Australia. And I said, cool, come visit. It'll be fun. And then he said do you want to do a death match? I'd love to wrestle you, but I'm, I don't know where we're going to go. Um, but he's got a lot of friends here and the internet's a wonderful thing. You know, like years and years and years ago, we couldn't make friends online, but he's used his friends and his connections and been able to put together a show. So, And he's got a few uh, Melbourne bands playing at the show as well. He does. So one of his mates is uh, the lead singer of Yard Duty. And Yard Duty are fantastic. They're brilliant, aren't they? Uh, we saw them at, was it Wrestle Brunch? Yes. No. 
different Wrestle Rock, I think. I think it was a Wrestle Rock after that. Yeah. And they do a few uh, TV themes. TV themes and punk rock, they're amazing. Their cover of Round the Twist is brilliant. It's uh, pretty much Australia's version of Me First and the Gimme Gimmies. Yep, bang on. Um, with a few more TV themes instead of Tony's showing his age. Um, <laughs> He's Googling it. <laughs> Tony, Tony would love Me First and the Gimme Gimmies. Ask Jeeves. Um, <laughs> Jeeves. <laughs> Hey, I'm just going to log on to AOL. <laughs> He's on um, Yahoo Chat. Yeah. <laughs> MSN. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Jay and Cass have been chatting for a while, and so they've teamed up um, with Globe Alley, which is an amazing little venue. I used to sell beer to them in a separate life um, back when it used to be a hot chicken place, and now we get to... <laughs> Trash the joint, essentially. Throw chicken at each other. Yeah, and chicken and chairs and a bunch of other stuff. Plenty of chicken wings happening. Not with oh. my shoulder, though. Oh, no, 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 it's correct. Jeez, it's it's just insensitive. You're a turd. <laughs> <laughs> um, and there's another match on that night as well, which is uh, Ugg versus Gore. Yeah, Caveman Ugg versus Brother Gore. I mean, I'm excited for that because That's it's a big too, match. it's two really muscular dudes beating the dog shit out of one another um and it, it, it's such a unique circumstance like Cass asked Jay he said who are the big guys in Melbourne who can throw hands and I don't believe there's a promotion where the two of them work together yeah I mean Ugg moving to Melbourne um <laughs> It's opened up a new world to him, I think. I agree completely. Um, I, and I think him and Gore, who's been doing amazing work, kind of under the radar, but he's now starting to get a little bit of recognition, especially with the backing of his brother. Like, that's going to be so much fun. I can't wait. I'm definitely going to be watching. Will Cracker Jack be in his corner? There's no corner in a no-ring death point, match. Yeah, yeah. Craig is just going to stand in the corner of the bar and drink yeah, whiskey yeah. and shout obscenities. And yeah. he'll have his stapler, I'm sure. I'm sure he'll have his staple gun, yes. So a normal night for Cracker Jack. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> just a normal Friday. Yeah. Pretty much standing yeah. in the corner of a bar throwing whiskey bottles at people. Is he going to take the staple out of the person's forehead, unlike uh, JXT taking it out himself? <laughs> he might supply your own pliers. Uh, <laughs> that would be about the extent. So what is the plan moving forward for you well like i said in the last two weeks i've kind of just been having fun on twitter and somehow stumbled ass backwards into a trip to new zealand at the end of the year i saw that which i'm super excited for i just like i just want to go for a holiday oh cool i'm wrestling rad um so i get to see all of the north island which will be really really cool um i'm it's half a day yeah (laughs) Pretty much. No, I think I'm going to go for a little while, which will be fun. Um, Four different states. Actually, we're big in New Zealand. Yeah, so so I'm off to Newcastle for Suplex Wrestling in May. Um, They've got another over-18 show. I genuinely don't think they know what's coming. I've warned them, and I don't think the promoter believes me. So, that (laughs) look, I told him that, you know, statute of limitations is off me. Um, And then... It is Newcastle, though, so they'll be just used to it. I'm sorry. Their Saturday nights are much like Cracker Jacks, just sitting in the corner of a bar throwing (laughs) throwing bottles at people. people. I hope so, otherwise that venue's going to be pissed. Um, Yeah, I guess I can announce it now. I'm off to Tasmania, um, so I'm going to head down to TCW. That'll be cool. Well, myself and Judd did the first couple of TCW shows down there um, when they first started, and they've changed owners since then, and they've moved venues and have managed to build a really great got a nice little school down there as well they've got a great school um 
the head trainer whose real name I can remember, Eddie Jones. I was going to say I can remember his real name, but I can't remember his wrestling name. Uh, Eddie Jones does really amazing work down there. He was on the first show as a trainee and has now um, got all the way up to, you know, he's... To grizzled veteran status. To grizzled veteran status. I suppose time moves quickly in Tasmanian <laughs> wrestling. But um, they invest a lot of money in bringing down quality talent to kind of teach the guys what they don't know. I know Richie Taylor's been down there a lot. Andy Rhodes, who spent a lot of time at the Dudley Boys, is down there a lot. And with Andy running his own school as well, it's good to bring in guys who are training people full-time and have them talk to your guys. There's a difference between knowing how to wrestle and knowing how to coach. Yeah. Um, and Andy's a great coach. So, yeah, I mean, they've got a wealth of experience down there. So I'm super looking forward to kind of going back down there and doing that. Um, and then the Stomping Ground show in Perth. Yeah, well, that, that's important to you. It's it's super, super important as a Curry man. It's we've, we've tried to do this concept a few times and for whatever reason it hasn't come through. And now it's just that right time where everyone's fit and... Some of us are back and there's now a new generation of Aboriginal wrestlers um, who, like, I saw pop up in the group chat and I missed mm. you. I didn't know you were Curry. Like, yeah. Um, guys from Melbourne. Um, guys from Newcastle. So there's this next generation of people and, like... There's a few girls as well. There's a few girls and it's it's a thing where a lot of us, like, I've spoken to Ace Wilson and Michelle about this in depth. It was never something I wanted to lead into for afraid of getting booed. Um, I've, I've done you know, interviews about it at length, but it's genuinely true. Like Australian wrestling crowds, BCW is a perfect example. Uh, sometimes not great um, to that kind of thing and can say some really harsh stuff. So now's kind of the time. Um, Dave Storm's been an amazing ambassador kind of for yeah. Indigenous wrestlers in Australia. I think um, Erica Reid um, has broken down a lot of barriers in Melbourne. I 100% agree with you. Um, just having that, just having it front and center from the moment she enters a room, hmm. um, I think that she actually enchants the crowd, and um, she's just done so much. Well, hand on heart, like I've had really emotional chats with Erica about it and and Davis about it as well, and it's something now that I'm finally comfortable leaning into a little bit more because of kind of them doing it first. They've really been the trailblazers with it and have it hasn't been smooth sailing constantly for them. So it's super exciting to be able to lean into that more now. And I've seen the lineup for that show. And as it slowly gets announced by the Stomping Ground guys, it's a cracking lineup from people all over the country. Yeah, and um, I think that it's kind of shameful that someone like you can't be themselves. And to hear that you're finally starting to be comfortable to do it um, is a, a more of a relief than anything, I think. It is. It, it's a giant weight off my shoulders. Like, we, it's me and my friends joke about it. We joked about it in the locker rooms when I was younger. But that quickly turns from a joke into something more serious. And it was like that for a number of years. So it, it, it is. It's a huge weight off my shoulders and off the shoulders of other people to be able to go, you know what, cool. We can lean into this a little bit more and be a bit more proud about it. And MCW are going to be doing Welcome to Country before their shows. Yep, so either a Welcome to Country or Acknowledgement to Country. Um, I'm super, super proud to say that the the promoter was the first one to put his hand up, message me privately and go, hey, well, this is something we want to do. Um, it was something we did at the girl shows um, because the venue requested it and we kind of all just stopped and went, wait, why aren't we doing this? And then Davis put out a call to arms, essentially. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And... MCW were the first guys to go, yep, done, no problems at all. Yeah, and I believe a couple, I'm not sure who, but a couple of other promoters 
reached out to Davis privately and said they're going to start doing it as well. They so did. If it's something that starts happening everywhere, I think, um, look... They definitely did it at ACW on last uh, well, Saturday. That's fantastic. That is, that's um, good yeah, they opened up. Because that, that's like a, a very small gesture. Yeah. But what it does do for making people feel welcome, um, it's, it's two or three minutes really well spent. Yeah, 100%. I actually always thought you were Greek. I get that a lot. I get yeah. Greek and Italian. I didn't know the indigenous but, but, heritage. And this is not to, to hang you up for it, but this is the point because I don't want to put an yeah. Aboriginal flag in my tights. People go, you're a white guy. What are you on about? Yeah. Where, you know, my great uncle was a Paralympic gold medalist and my grandmother was the first Koori woman to graduate from Melbourne Uni. Wow. But I can't lean on that for that's fear a, of getting... That's an amazing story, that one. Yeah. About the grandma. Um, I can't lean on that for fear of being crucified because I look like I'm Greek and people think I'm taking the piss. Yeah. So, like, super, super ups to Davis for kind of going, you know what, this is... Time's up. Let, let it might be the beard. You remind me of that bloke that does the gardening thing on SBS or Channel or ABC. Wasn't he gold No one watches SBS like? as much as you, Tony. And Costa. I know who you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> Shave the beard It's just off. the beard. No, I have a bum chin. I have Vince McMahon chin. Can you, um, can you stop appearance shaming our I'm guest? I'm not appearance shaming him. You just told Fabio him over him. here. <laughs> you should grow a beard, Tony. I did. A full face beard. <laughs> <laughs> you look like aggro from Agro's Carpet Connection. Um, yeah, no, it's fantastic stuff. They're small gestures, but I think it's something that Australia as a yeah. country could do a lot better. Yeah. yeah. If it gets it in, uh, in front of the fans at the start of the night, than crowds that you spoke of, they may be self-aware straight away not to go into that yeah, and shit it, it, chanting it, and stuff like that. Exactly, and it is a minority of audiences, but I've been at BCW shows where people yeah. say really gross shit towards Erica yeah, um, and misogynistic stuff and flat-out racist stuff, mm-hmm. and it's awful. But you're right, it, it, it isn't... From the outside looking in, it's not much. But for people like Erica and myself, it's a, it's a huge gesture because it's, you know, you can take that deep breath and it's a bit of a load off. And it is a minority of fans who act like assholes. Mm-hmm. And I'm wrapped seeing people like, genuinely people like yourselves in the crowd who call out fans who are acting like dickheads. Oh, you need to. That's just ridiculous. Like even as recently as some MCW shows during the women's matches, you know, a first-time fan who hasn't been to a wrestling show in 15 years, who's had a couple of beers and says something, but the vocal minority of fans hold that bloke accountable and go, shut the fuck up. Yeah, yeah. You, you can't say that shit. Um, and that's awesome. I'm, like, I'm so glad that wrestling in this country is at that point now. Yeah, and I mean, I think it's crowds across multiple platforms now. I don't think it's just wrestling. Okay. I feel like um, football crowds and things like that are getting much better at policing themselves. Yeah. So I know that um, there isn't a month goes by without someone yelling something racist at a football mm-hmm. game. Mm-hmm. But we mainly find out about that now by the crowd actually pointing to that person and saying, kick them out. Yep. And that's what everyone needs to be doing. I agree. Do you want to talk about your role at MCW behind the scenes? It's, um, I will talk about it. Yeah. To an extent. Um, <laughs> no, it, I came in as a bartender. I came in as a bartender. I've wrestled there a few times. Um, and it's, again, it's been circumstantial. I had a couple of runs and did some Air Force 3 matches um, with Mutiki and had 
one of Lockie Hendricks's first MCW matches. One um, of my favourites. He put up the clip famously of him trying the Spanish fly and landing straight on his head. He used to be six foot four before he tried that. Now he's only five ten. Um, he's not five <laughs> ten. In, in boots. Um, but I came in as a bartender. Um, at the Essendon shows, I used to own a bar in Ascot Vale and had a uh, limited license that could come with me to events. And they needed a, a bar at Essendon because they were renovating it and lost that space. And it evolved from there. Uh, I was working in travel in my nine to five when the amazing opportunity came to do some stuff with New Japan. And a lot of it has just been exploratory. It's, oh, we need to do this. Oh, all right, well, we've got to learn and let's all learn together and MCW and PWA and EPW and the top promotions in this country are very much now in uncharted waters and we've all kind of had to learn together to do things like visas and run the Melbourne Sports and Aquatic Centre successfully and not get 30 people in a building that holds 1,500. Um, So it's been an amazing journey, like uh, being a part of the growth of MCW behind the scenes. Like I feel completely blessed to be a part of it. And I've had amazing experiences because of it, like running through the streets with my best friend, trying to find a birthday cake for Okada because we forgot it was his birthday. (laughs) (laughs) Do you you know what I mean? Just stuff like that. Little things that come up. And you get to have dinner with people you watch on TV. And I mean, like to the point where I've now got people who, you know, some people consider the best wrestlers in the world who I can call friends. Yeah, and are invited to my wedding later in the year. Like I, I could never imagine living in a world where that's possible. Yeah. Mm. What, what did you? Sh- I was going to say, did you have what appreciation did you have for promoters when you were just a wrestler? Did, were, were you? So I'm really dumb. Um, I start. I promoted my first show before I turned eighteen. Wow. And it was bad. <laughs> Yeah, really bad. I've got it on a CD somewhere, and I'll never see the light of day. But we forgot to get ring aprons for the show, and we forgot to have an entrance, so we built it out of tables. And that's it, amazing. And it was either have a curtain to cover backstage or have ring aprons. So I, I, I'm really lucky. I've been in wrestling now for a long time. I never want to say specifically how long because it doesn't like people think I'm bullshitting because I'm only 30, but I've had the privilege of being a part of a lot of really shitty wrestling to knowing how to problem solve and troubleshoot stuff. So now seeing where we're at is really, really cool. So I've always had a massive respect for promoters because you can put up fly posters and handout flyers, but actually getting people into the building is one thing and then retaining them which I think, again, the top companies in Australia are finally doing, like retaining multiple hundreds of people and it's not just crowd in, crowd out anymore. Um, yeah, it's it's the hardest job in wrestling. Yeah. I think um, the rise of social media, which you touched on earlier, has played a big part in keeping fans engaged in your stories and things like that for the month between shows. I know that MCW at the moment is like six or seven weeks between shows. Um, social media is vitally important when you have a break like that. Yeah, it, it's the key. the big problem in Australia, and it has been since the seventies, is we can't run a territory system because the cities are too far apart. Yeah, you can't run you know four cities in a week because it's a nine hour drive to the closest major town. But having social media now is the equivalent of having weekly TV. And I mean, you look at 
America and England and the level of the independent promotions over there now, because they've got social media and the internet is so prevalent in independent wrestling, it's just as good as having a two-hour time slot on Channel 31. Hmm. Well, it's probably better. Yeah, it's cheaper. I don't know where Channel 31 is on my dial. <laughs> yeah, I don't know either. It's, it's not UHF 31. 31. It's 44 now. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> But what's show day like for you? Because I know when we rock up to the show, sometimes there's two different kind of Joels. There's yeah, it's, how hey, you doing, Joel? I'm shit ass. Yeah, you? running around <laughs> everywhere. A million things are going on. It usually insults me as I go in. Yeah, that's probably because you're drunk and it's, you know, an hour before doors. Yeah. Yeah. Why are you here? <laughs> um, I, do, I do like flipping you off through the window where you're recording a podcast. Yeah, that happens. Uh, you're not the only one. Multiple either. times. You're not the only one. <laughs> Tyson Baxter. Yeah. Yeah, jerk. Um, show day for me. I'm up very, very early because there's a lot of uh, back of house stuff in terms of printing and making sure all the front of house stuff, like door lists and ticket sales and comps, so you blokes don't make crack sure the that shit so you make you sure that in. door list is there. Yeah. I'm going to cross your name off in a couple of weeks. Um, <laughs> making sure all that kind of stuff is good. Making sure the trucks picked up on time. Um, MCW have put in process after process after process, which is, again, uncharted territory because usually it's the promoter driving the truck and if they've got a school, it's the young guys packing up and if they don't have a school, it's the guys who are trying to get on shows packing up. But MCW have put in process after process after process and I don't want to say too much about that, but it's the easiest show day now because they have so many good heads like a like a, a proper like business a business right and <laughs> a i got business and i got heat on twitter for saying i don't like the word scene because it's a business and when it's treated as such it it works well yeah i mean scene works too because i mean anything artistic tends to get called the something scene and someone broke it down to me like that like the and music kind scene of, yeah i kind of reneged but i always thought when we call it a scene as performers and as office people we're not ta- we're not holding ourselves to a high enough standard which is a but that's a good point as well because yeah. it is the wrestling business yeah as well if i'm going to a business meeting i'm turning up in a collared shirt and nice shoes and if i'm going to a scene meeting or if I'm catching up with people in the scene, I'm dressed exactly the way I am, which is a big Japan hoodie and really shitty runners and jeans. I concur. <laughs> I just wear shorts everywhere. You do. you do. You've yeah, got man. fantastic calves, though. So I appreciate that, mate. You're welcome. It's only I mean, because like, I feel bad. Honestly, like, <laughs> if you're going to choose like what you're going to want your best aspect of your physical appearance to be, no one's choosing calves. No. No, they're not. I mean, I'm fat and bald and have grey in my beard, so if I, could, if I had good calves, I'd show them off. <laughs> You're a sharply dressed man, though. On show a day. A lot of the time. Yeah, I, I do really Not like tonight. dressing like a scumbag. So, um, But again, if I, if I have to be in front of people and I have to present... Tony wears jorts. You're a monster. Yeah. Jorts. And then he sits up in the balcony looking down on everyone with his jorts on. Like, it's weird. That's gross. That's really bad. No, it's not. It is really <laughs> bad. It's really, it's really bad. Why? It's like wearing um, tracksuit pants and going to Maya, like in the city. You just don't do it. I don't think you should wear you tracksuit don't? You're the bloke who wears house. moccasins out for a counter meal, aren't you? No, I don't have moccasins. You can't <laughs> have afford counter meals either. Yeah. <laughs> no moccasins. Best match you've ever had? Ooh. The next one. No. Ooh. 
No, because the next one's going to be dreadful. Um, <laughs> Not physically. <laughs> um, there isn't. There's two. Uh, one's the best match I've wrestled, and one's the best match I've had. So the best match I've ever wrestled is on YouTube, and it's against Ryan Rollins, who's now Australian Suicide in AAA. And it was a charity show for the Salvation Army run by a bloke who owns a pizza shop. But we were running five minutes from PCW the night before PCW. And he didn't want to advertise till the last second for fear of, rightfully so, running in, at the time, the biggest company in Melbourne's backyard. So he advertised the day before. And we got 11 people to the show and oh, 10 Lord. of them were wrestlers. <laughs> And myself and Ryan Rollins were the main event and we went 27 minutes and because it was a crowd full of wrestlers and as people had their match, they went and sat in the crowd and it was, everything went right. It was a very well wrestled match. It was extremely technical. Uh, I'm pretty sure I almost fractured my skull. I went helping set up the ring and it's a very small venue and I go, oh no, we're not going to need safety barriers and then of course I overshoot Ryan Rollins on a suicide dive and <laughs> bounce my head off the floor oh, like a basketball oh. and split my head open. Uh, on YouTube this is, yes? Okay. It is on YouTube, yeah. Um, uh, please go and watch it. Again, it's the match I send to people when people go, yep. are you just a backstage guy? I'm like, no, I was good once <laughs> on camera. Once. Uh, and my favourite match is a tag team steel cage match from NAW and it was myself and Judd Newman uh, as the NAW Tag Team Champions against Xavier Black and Nick Eclipse, and it was a very bloody brawl, but the crowd were there to see us. We went on last. There was a lot of debate, because as you know, NAW does their whole cage shows, um, mostly out of laziness, <laughs> because you don't want to spend an hour setting a cage up for one match. Doesn't it just come down from the roof? <laughs> yeah, they cut a hole in the roof of the <laughs> Cultural Centre at Albion and just drop it in like a block. Um, <laughs> uh, but everything went right. That night, it was it was a, a bloody match, but the crowd were there to see us. We went on last. It was very emotional at the time, and there is footage of it online. It's very badly shot, but I know I've spoken to the three of us who were in the match, and it, it means more to us now than what it did then, mm-hmm. and it meant a lot then. So, cool. So, when you're having a match like that, um, does it really increase the bond that you've got with the guys who are in the ring with you moving forward? A hundred percent. It's not a widely known story, but myself and Nick Eclipse for a very long time did not get along. Uh, he's no longer in wrestling, um, although he will probably hear this because he does dip his toe back in once in a while. Um, but he knows we didn't like each other to the point where we almost came to blows a couple of months prior due to out-of-the-ring stuff. But we got given that opportunity and we kind of just shook hands and went, we'll see you out there. But it was a sold-out show and everyone worked to a really high standard and we beat the shit out of each other. But we came backstage and shook hands and hugged and went, you know what, this is a... It, it is. It's a great bond and I consider Xavier one of my closest friends and I think about Juddy every day. So. Yeah. I want to talk to you about uh, Wrestle Relief. We yes. haven't spoken to you about it since we did it. Yes. What an amazing experience that was. That was... Wrestling feels like work a lot of the time for me at the moment. That was the most fun I've had in as long as I can remember. There's the photos that Rosie DiLorenzo took. Mm. Owen took... Uh, Digital Beard took amazing photos in ring. Rosie took all the candid shots. And those photos tell the story of the day because there's not one photo where someone isn't smiling or laughing or chatting with mates... And it was that lovely melting pot, as we spoke about before the show, of 
PCW and APW and MCW and people from interstate all getting to come together for a really good cause. And over the course of the day, we got over a thousand people through mm. the gates, raised over twelve thousand dollars because we sold all the t-shirts as well. Um, it, it was such a fun day, and I know there's a little um, video documentary that's in the process of being edited from the day as well that'll come out. Excellent. Yeah, it was just fun. And I mean, you guys said it as well. It's cool to see guys like RB4K and Murdoch get a run against people they wouldn't usually and give guys like the MCW Academy guys, who I think did brilliantly, an yeah. opportunity to get in front of a live audience. And I think they knocked it out of the park as well. They showed that they're ready. Oh, 100%. Um, and I thought uh, Murdoch did a really good job in his match with because. Uh, Oh, no one was sure what they were going to get, whether it would just be a squash, but they did those funny spots and I thought that he did a really good job. Uh, the Melbourne Aces were so great on in the lead up to it because we put it together in two weeks. Yeah, two, three weeks, yeah. But I got there and I saw the day run sheet. Admittedly, as the celebrity first pitch was thrown out, I saw the run sheet and went, oh, we have six segments during this game and there's no one here yet. This is going to be interesting. And Murdoch especially was an amazing ringer that day. It was like, oh, X is meant to be in this thing in four minutes. Murdoch, you in gear? Yep, cool. You have to sprint to the other side of the baseball field to be ready to run across it in four minutes. And he's like, yep, cool, no worries. He made a good greyhound. And off he, he made a great greyhound. Um, I saw him walking over to the start line with his number on. <laughs> burst out laughing. <laughs> but it, he was brilliant that day. But the Aces coming up with everything that they did. The um, dance off with um, Fun Time Phil dancing with yeah. that was amazing. <laughs> he looked in his element there. He nailed it. Yeah. I was like, where where is the he's not usually this dexterous in the ring. Where are all these dance moves coming from? And then I caught up with him and he's like, I'm so blown up I might die. <laughs> uh, the, the, the kiss cam. The kiss cam, yep. Yeah. Uh, Richie and Phil was it? Richie and yes. Phil. Yeah. Smacked one on for the camera. It, it, just everyone just we took the wrestling seriously but not ourselves and that was the result and it was amazing it's on MCW Encore now and you can see that everyone's having an absolute blast to the point yeah. where yeah the cheerleaders who you know were done at the end of the 8th or whatever yeah, it was decided to Barry. hang around and came out with Nick Berry and that's his uh, WrestleMania moment no, Nick Berry <laughs> spelt B-O-O-Y B-U-R-Y Nick Berry he just yeah. said Burry Nick he said Nick Berry First, he said Barry. Nick already wants to punch him for the last time. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that was Nick's WrestleMania moment. And, <laughs> for, and again, that'll make every highlight video for a decade. That's making every highlight video, I think, when he wakes, when he goes to sleep Clearly every night. Yeah. <laughs> but no, that was uh, unbelievable. And I'm so wrapped that we were able to do something for such a good cause. Yeah. Do you exactly. think you can make it an annual event? I do. Um, I spoke to some executives at the Aces and they're keen to, to do more stuff with, with wrestling and utilise that amazing venue because it was such a cool venue. And I mean, it's actually quite funny. I can tell you, and I think you know, there were a lot of people who were very, very sceptical about what was going to happen. Yep. And there were a lot of people who hadn't seen professional wrestling before but had their opinions of professional wrestling. Or they'd seen that report back in the day on... (laughs) And there was a lot of people in the Aces who thought, oh, this could just be an absolute freaking disaster. Yep. Not one person who thought that prior had that opinion after. Every one of them all said that was just amazing. The involvement that the guys had, the, the way that they handled themselves, the way they did everything... It was just so not what we were expecting 
of what we were doing. And it was great. It was really good to see perceptions of people change in an hour or two. I agree completely. It was so cool to be able to do something with such an organisation like the Aces. <laughs> and everything that could have gone wrong that day went right. Like oh, the it, weather. But, but even the To rain, the morning of, we were looking at potentially setting the ring up in the players' market and trying to squeeze 600 people into a tent that fit 80. Yeah. Um, to the point where we were almost going to call it off. And there's photos. I've seen a photo and video of the Tower of Doom superplex with a lightning bolt in the background. Like the rain started three minutes after yeah. the, uh, the end of the show. It started as I was walking to the car. Exactly. And then didn't let up for hours. So... Stuff like that, um, heaps of things like the baseball could have gone extra, extra innings. It actually finished early. It wrapped up early, which was a giant pain in the ass. But I'd rather that than it running till six. Um, How quick did you guys set up the ring? uh, I think it was a record. I think we had it up in about twenty-five minutes. Um, I believe there is footage that will come out of the ordeal that was setting the trussing up, and then trying to walk it out onto the field in one piece and me not realising how close the steps were to the building. And we had to get 12 people to carry that entire truss set about six steps up. So up to about shoulder height and then lift it up over the banister and then lower it back down to people as opposed to get it around the corner. Amazing. Yeah, it it was uh, a day I'll never forget for sure. Mate, thank you for talking about your wrestling life. Not a problem. Stick around because you are our co-host and we're going to talk to you about our second part of the show very shortly. But folks, Joel Bateman joining us here on The Turnbuckle. Two of On the Turnbuckle, well, Sheila, Tony, and also Joel Bateman, our co-host here for the entire show. It's First time I've heard you it. say your name without the, your last name in there as well, Tony. I'm learning. Well, she is a full name uh, introducer. He is. It's sometimes seeing the perplexed look on people's face <laughs> is priceless. He said he does it to me when I walk in the studio. Tony Shebecki. What, introduce himself every time you see him three times a week? Tony Shebecki, smiling politely. I did it to Brooksy on Saturday. (laughs) Of course you did. Yeah, exactly. Smiling politely. Speaking of Saturday, I was at ACW over in Adelaide on Saturday. How was that? Oh, it was good. Good crowd. (laughs) They had 250 people there, which was absolutely fantastic. And the highlight for me was obviously seeing Brooksy and also Dowie James there. So oh, you are obviously a big Dowie fan. No, no, I'm not. No, it was just a highlight. Seeing Travelling over to Adelaide just to watch Dowie wrestle. That's no, what no, you did I, say in the group I travelled Tony. all the way to Adelaide to see Brooksy wrestle. How was um, Dowie versus Matt Hayter? Because I've heard Actually, really good things bad. about Matt Hayter. He's okay, and I think we're going to get him. Okay, on the show. he's okay. <laughs> he's no, no, okay. He's good. No, he's very good. Uh, we're going to get him on the show. I think in a couple of weeks' time. We've got a guest in a couple of weeks' time, but we'll have well, to... It's now Matt Hader, apparently. Okay. I think <laughs> our next month weeks. is already taken, but... Yeah. Maybe five weeks in. <laughs> we'll he he might renege now that you said he's <laughs> yeah, taking okay. You, you said, oh, he's, he's all right. Sorry? Don't you want him on the show? I do. I do, but um, when I've already booked guests, we've got to work around that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sure. This is why we do production meetings. Yeah, exactly. um, Matt Hader is... This Hader is why I book is... the guests, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> have you both seen Hader live? 
Not no, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, but you said he was all right. No, no he's you very said good. he's a ham and no, no, he's, okay. <laughs> no, he's very good. He's a breath of fresh air yeah. in South Australian wrestling. He's absolutely amazing. Yeah, um, and he's criminally young, which is the worst part. <laughs> and Dow yeah, is, the, he's what is he, so 23, 24? Exactly. So he's still got at least another decade to get even better than he already is. The crowd love him. And the and oh. Dow is the best heel in Australian wrestling. One of the best heels on the planet at the moment. Yes. Actually, it was a Dowie mentioned to me, and I had a chat to him just briefly after the show. And I asked him how many times he'd been. That was the first time he'd actually wrestled for ACW. Yeah, ACW are a relatively new company. Yeah. They've only been around a couple of years. So I was surprised he's talking to you. Well, I told fuck, him. Fuck, I go all the way to Adelaide. I to get told away from him. Shebeki and he's here. I, I told Dowie to punch you, and he did. <laughs> oh, he did. As I was interviewing Brooksy, he came up and gave me a short jab into the ribs. Okay, so you Good. interviewed Brooksy I'm, while you're over there. Yeah, haven't you heard it? No. Would you like to hear it? I would that's love that's to good. Hear it. I owe Dowie 50 bucks. Oh, right. <laughs> Even better. So, so, so you flew all the way to Adelaide. You didn't interview an Adelaide person. You, you interviewed look. a guy from Melbourne. You could yeah. have interviewed him this Saturday in Melbourne. There's a reason why I interviewed Brooksy. All right, we'll hear it then. Okay. Have a listen. Is there a reason you do anything? Shh. Here it comes. I think. Oh, no, it's not. Hang on, <laughs> Why are our mics still on? You have to cut to the interview. What's happened? What's happened here? So we don't just need some while because I've got some stuff coming up. What are you doing? Start it from the start of the interview. <laughs> here we go. I'm now I'm nervous. This has to stay in. Here we go. Here we go. It's ready and. Uh, great to come all the way over to Adelaide, ACW, and catch up with this man, Adam Brooks. Mate, uh, commiserations first on the loss today, but uh, a good effort. Yeah, it's all right, man. You know, it happens to the best of us. But, uh, man, I love coming to ACW. It was my last time here for a while because I've got some stuff coming up. So it's off to uh, focus on that now. 18 months, I think you've been over here. You said in pretty much nearly every month for 18 months, which is it's a great stint. Yeah, man, about that. I was the champ for a year. And then lately, I've just been doing like lots of fun stuff, a bit of mixed tag stuff, working with guys that I haven't worked with before. So I've really enjoyed my time here. Like I've been with RCW, who's based in Adelaide, yeah. for like what, like nine years. I've been with them longer than MCW. So I always love coming to Adelaide. It's just like one of my favourite places in Australia. It's just so chilled and <laughs> chilled out here. It is, isn't it? And <laughs> hey, mate, I, I tell you what, I love your ability to sell a match just with your facial expressions. The way you do that just really gets me going because not many wrestlers can do it, but you could effectively do a whole match without saying a word yeah. to get your feelings over. I, I I don't know if it's like... it's I guess it's just... It's something that's not overly teachable, in my opinion. Like, obviously, the guy that trained me, I wouldn't watch him and go, he's all about facials. Even though he can do all that, it's... I don't know. Yeah. I, like, it just comes naturally. The guys I've grown up watching, like, I don't like Jeff and stuff, like, he, he ain't about facials. He yeah. just jumps off shit, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I think it's just something that just comes natural. I think there's more to cool moves and cool spots. So I try to just fill it all in with facials. And, yeah. yeah, man. No, you do a great job with it, mate. Congratulations thanks, thanks, also man. to you on your signing with Ring of Honor. Uh, Jimmy, that's a, a nice thumbs up for a fair few years of hard work. Yeah, no, it, it's uh, it's a very like I guess gratifying feeling just because there's always that point in a wrestler's career where it's like, man, is something gonna happen? Is something gonna happen? 
and numerous things I've gotten numerous opportunities with certain things mm. and they haven't nothing's really come to fruition there but it's cool that this has happened and it feels like a it was uh, what's the, the right word I'm looking for here like it was meant to be yeah like uh, April 2013 was the very first time I travelled overseas anything wrestling related and it was to attend a Ring of Honor seminar um 2018 I wrestled Jay Lethal in Edinburgh for Ring of Honor yeah you know, and now they've, you know, they've made me chuck some signature on the paper, and you know, they've made it official, and it's, it's, quite it's, amazing. it's cool. It's it's like okay. It's amazing you mentioned that because we did speak to Slex last year on the show as well, and spoke to him about whether he felt his time had gone past him as well, and and then all of a sudden, two months later, exactly the same thing happened to him. Yeah. Two fantastic Australian wrestling products that are really going to show this company and the American business just what it's all about. Yeah, and it's, you know, I'm so excited that my first match there, they've announced it, March 13th, Las Vegas. In uh, Las Vegas. In Las Vegas. I love Las Vegas. The last Don't time, we all? Dude, the last time I was in Las Vegas, I uh, I paid a guy $10 to, to kick him as hard as I could in between the legs. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm very excited. I'm actually there the whole weekend wrestling. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but kick things off with Slexi, good friend of mine. We've uh, we've had some, some decent matches here in Australia, I guess. Is that sort of one of those matches that really helps you just settle the nerves? I yeah. mean, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a big one in your first Absolutely. match. Absolutely. As soon as I saw that announced, I was like, okay, cool. Like, we've done this before. Yeah. Let's do this again on just a bigger st- platform, you know? Yeah. So I'm looking forward to it, man. Mate, you, you're sort of part of a, a cartel of... Aussie guys who just do some amazing matches. There's yourself, there's Slicks, there's Will Ospreay who comes over and joins that cartel, Robbie Eagles, those sort of blokes. Whenever you guys get together as a, a one-on-one, magic happens. I, 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 yeah, I don't know. I guess, I guess there's just chemistry yeah. there. Like, and if you looked at all of us wrestlers, we're all different. I'm different to Robbie Eagles. Robbie Eagles is different to Slexy. Like, Osprey's different to yeah. Slex. Um, well, Osprey's just different. Osprey's stop. just insane, dude. <laughs> I, <laughs> he's, he, I don't know how he does it, man. But it's cool that because we're, we're we're all different. And I saw a really cool post the other day. It was like the whole G3 guys, you know, me, Jonah, yeah. Robbie. Yeah, yeah. We're all somewhere now. You know, WWE, New Japan, now ROH. Yeah. Like, it's, it's cool. And they were both all happy for me. Like, they posted some cool stuff. Like... Jonah messaged me and he's like, hey, am I allowed to post this? Like, is it official? I was like, it's on their website, man. Yeah. So go ahead. He's like, yeah. okay, cool. I'm like, yeah, you won't get heat, will you? Yeah. <laughs> he's like, no. So no, it's very nice that those dudes reached out and Slexy reached out and yeah, it's, it's cool, man. I suppose the other person we should also talk about as well is uh, Kellyanne and her side yeah. and ROH as well. Well, is that official? Well, I've seen the I've, I've seen, seen the, the website. <laughs> Who knows if it's official, but if it's if it is, yeah. it's great for her. It's not nah, good on her, man. It's uh, me and Cal's obviously we got history, uh, outside of the ring, and obviously uh, I'm cool, we're cool, and I'm, I'm you know I'm happy for her. She's another person that for years I'd sit back and watch and be like, man, when's someone gonna pick this blues up? Mm-hmm. Like this this bird's pretty good, and uh, you know she's she's getting an opportunity now, so. It's cool, you know me, Slexi, and 
if that's true about Kells being there, yeah, you know, like, cool. Yeah. You know, good, good crew of dudes. Mate, congratulations. I'm not going to hold you up too much longer. You've just had a, a, a big match. Uh, look forward to really getting you on and having a good chat with you yeah, yeah. one day when you get back uh, to Australia. Have a safe trip to America, mate, and we wish you all the best. Thank you, brother. Good to see you, man. Thanks, Adam bro. Brooks joining us here on the Turnbuckle. Thanks, mate. Well, there you have it, everyone. Tony and Brooksy talking about facials. <laughs> so you just been a smart ass now. <laughs> For the last week, all you've said to me, it was a great interview, As Tony. It was that fantastic. You, Tony. And now, because Joel's here, you're just being a smart ass. <laughs> I tell you what, Brooksy also famous for his. Um... His Twitter commentary on Married at First Sight, which oh, is, really? is good fun. It's not so much Brooksy's commentary; it's more um, Mr. Brooks, Adam's dad, oh, I love Adam's who uh, who pops every time there's a little bit of nudity or a bikini. You get along well with Mr. Brooks, I think. Yeah, Tony. he's not very good at Twitter either. <laughs> No. I thought it was a good interview, Tony. You done Thank well. you, Lola. You appreciate I mean, well. despite the fact that you did it on a Ferris wheel, um, is what it, it sounds really like. It was loud, wasn't it? It was really loud. I thought it was during the main event. No, that was the main event. Great. Yeah, no, I thought they it just so walked loud. out into the middle of the people <laughs> yeah. and went, let's have a chat. They had a live podcast. It sounded like there was a concert on in the background. Yeah, that's what I mean. Um, Brooksy, I'm so wrapped for him. Yeah. Absolutely wrapped. He's been around for a really long time. And him and Kelly are two of the most passionate people uh, in the business. And I'm glad that you went over to Adelaide to get that interview because God knows when else you're going to see Adam Brooks. So ACW, this weekend probably. Uh, so ACW <laughs> did the show at the Lithuanian Hall the Estonian in Hall, North Adelaide. Which Estonian is a great... Hall, isn't it? It's the Estonian Hall. Estonian Hall. I've wrestled there. It's the Estonian Hall. Such a Are they close? You like bringing up that other hall, Tony. We've you got, got history a, in that one? We're going to bring the Estonian a Hall is a fantastic <laughs> hall. What a great venue. It's an amazing with the, venue for With us. the balconies around the outside, it's perfect for filming. Yeah. If you, if you it's gonna... not the first time you've got your um, countries wrong I've this week. Say, no, it's, it could... On social media, you've got Pakistan and, and India, India confused. That's oh, no. That's another story. That's dreadful. While, while trying to make fun of Donald, Donald Trump. That's another story. You're a disgrace. Estonians. Careful now. No. <laughs> Don't do meat pies well. The outer shell of my meat pie was too hot and too crunchy. Are you actually hanging shit on Adelaide So pies? you're judging the whole country by the pies in one venue? No, no. I'm just and I'm pretty sure it wasn't an Estonian pie. No, no. It was a... So did, you, per- did you okay? Did you did it come did in you, pea soup? Did you partake in the pie war? No. Do you not know in Adelaide there's no. the great pie war? Yeah, oh no, well I know that Adelaide does pie floaters. No, so no, so here you've got Carlton Draft and VB. Yeah, beer war over there. Yeah. It's Villies oh, and Belfers. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Villies and Belfers yeah. pie war. Yeah, and the pie floater, and the AB. Love the pie floater. Disgusting. Absolutely amazing. It used to be a little truck. Might still be there just That's outside the casino. The only place you could get it. Yeah, is it okay? Nah, the casino lost me when they got rid of that horse racing game. I used to call that. There's a great story. <laughs> it's, not a, no, it's not a job, no, Tony. No, seriously. Went there and did it. No, no. We went over there for a wrestling match, uh, a wrestling night one night at the Thibodeau Theatre. And after that, we all went back, all the Victorian boys went to the casino Because it was the while. only place open. And, exactly. And uh, Candyman was there with me. Oh, and we're all, we're all sitting around this horse racing game and I just started commentating one of the races. I actually commentated 180 consecutive races. Management came up to me and offered me a job 
and then took it away from me when I told them that I was from Melbourne. They thought I was a local. And I can't believe that's how you spend a night out. Is commentating? That's actually a oh, that's actually goes. an exciting night casino. for Tony. That's a good point, actually. <laughs> that's fair. Uh, that was great to hear about Kellyanne's announcement. It is official now. It's on their website. She well, is... it was official then. Yeah, it was yeah. on their website okay. already. But it, uh, she's been announced for the tournament now. Yeah, Quest for the Gold, the uh, women's tournament. So, yeah, looking looking forward to that definitely. I'm really enjoying the ROH restart um, under their new creative direction. And I mean, Slex, Brooksy, Kellyanne have all gotten in front of said new creative direction, and obviously he's got an eye for good talent. So it feels fresh. It does, doesn't it? Um, that free enterprise show felt fresh. The one they put out for free as kind of a bit of a restart, and this is the direction we're heading. And now, you know, they've put a lot of stock in Slex. He had a massive match on that show and shot an angle straight after the match. Yeah, so he's not one and done, Brooksy. They've obviously got big plans for they put a lot of stock into announcing him and Kelly's going to set the world on fire yeah and they may um giving as you mentioned Tony to um Brooksy giving him that start against Slex is really gonna help both of them because they'll both tear the house down yeah uh I was gonna say so there's definitely WWE is definitely number one in America AEW definitely number two would we say Ring of Honor's number three with a bullet and a chance? Is it a chance to... Uh, I don't know. I mean, ranking them is always tough. Ranking them is tough. MLW are doing really good stuff at the moment. What do you judge yeah. your rankings yeah, for, yeah. on? And so are um, NWA. Yeah, NWA are doing good stuff. The fact yeah. that Impact's still been around. I mean, they're coming up yeah. on 20 years as a promotion when they should have closed. 16 times. Yeah. Um, NWA are doing great stuff. And I mean, the indies in the US are hotter than ever. I mean, yeah. just look at WrestleMania weekend. Joey Janela's spring break gets almost 2,000 people. GCW as an indie, uh, one of the biggest indies in the world. They're doing, um, they've got lightning in a bottle. They've got just such an amazing roster of talent, some of whom we've seen here, which is great. It's kind of like that um, ECW feel. It is. It, it 100% is. Like everyone who goes to those shows know they're a part of something special. The talent feel like they're a part of something special. So everyone wrestles to a higher level and the crowd participates to the same. And then you've got um, PWG and things like that going on. PWG is pretty much the NXT of AEW, in my opinion. Yeah. PWG is the NXT of AEW. Yes. It is their developmental territory. Yeah. It'll make sense. Yeah, it does. (laughs) Uh, As this show goes to air online, our boy, Royce Chambers, is on a plane to Japan. Yeah, I just... Last um, time we said that, that recently yeah, well, sent back to Australia, I mean, so I probably should have said it. No, he definitely has a visa, but oh, I just read some bad news, though, that um, DDT have cancelled all of their shows. They're only going to be doing dojo shows oh. and then releasing them online due to the, due coronavirus. To the coronavirus. So they cancelled that show that they announced him on today? Well, they're going to run it, but from, from so the That dojo. is a big card to run in a dojo. Jeez. Yeah. So the, so the cards will go ahead as... Look, I've only, I got messaged that by someone who oh, would probably know. Um, big DDT fan. Um, so, so effectively, they're Aiden from Iron they're, Fist. <laughs> effectively, their shows are going to be behind closed doors. Iron Fisted. Yeah, sorry. Uh, no, no, it's uh, from our uh, wrestling friend Corey. <laughs> so All effectively, right. their shows are going to be behind closed doors. No audience. That's what it sounds like. Okay. I mean, I don't know. I, honestly, it was a, it was a text yeah. message, um, and I was crestfallen when I read it. Because I was talking to 
to Roycey today, and he's pretty excited. Roycey? Um, yep. That's what he calls him. Sorry, Lois. 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 Has anyone seen, if you so all of DDT's posts announcing Royce Chambers? If yes. you hit translate, it's Lois Chambers. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Royce. Yeah, so hopefully he still gets the big matches. You know, he's got the six man. We've well, got the one on one. See that lineup? He's re- I I sent him a message in all caps and went, "Oh my god, you get to wrestle Marafuji, prepare to die." Yeah. Um, but he's got such a great run. They're. I think we spoke every chance. Did they uh, when we were here last? I believe he'd just been announced that he was going. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and they, I, I said offhandedly, they bought him in to replace Sammy Guevara, but they've put they've got him head like third from the top on a Corey and Hall show against the vice president of Noah. Like they're obvious, and he's teaming with some of their top babyface. Yeah. and he's wrestling Chris Brooks first up as well. That's gonna be awesome. Yeah, that's gonna be great. Who's probably their top guys in? Oh, definitely, well, so, without a doubt. Yeah, so. So he's still got those matches. He might not get to wrestle in Corrigan Hall and debut there, which is unfortunate if they're just going to run dojo shows. But that's almost going to be a bigger test for him, to be honest. Yeah, like it's a, it's a lot harder to wrestle without the uh, the benefit of the audience behind you. He's yeah. going to have to work his. Um, but yeah, look, it'll off. be great to um, it'll be great to see because those multi man matches for a guy who's still learning his craft, like Royce is and admits to. Um, that he gets the best out of himself. We'll be able to come in and do his spots and really have people wanting to see more. He's so enigmatic and he's he just draws you in he's with everything a, he does. Such a good kid as well. He's such a nice guy. He's got the worst head on his shoulders because he's haircut is shit. But uh, and I've told him this. This isn't news that I said he looks like a pumpkin. But he's. <laughs> <laughs> he everything he does is just brilliant and I mean he's still so young and only just getting out of the bubble of being you know one of the top PCW guys and now starting to wrestle and now he's in how long is he over in DDT for? 20 days wow so yeah there's a fair few shows in that period and so. he'll be in and out he'll be in the dojo every day DDT's one of the companies in Japan that has their own dojo so he'll be wrestling for hours a day like he's already brilliant I can't wait to yeah. see how well, good he is when well he Tony's gone missing at the moment I yeah. don't know where he's gone Maybe but he, he was ranking balls. the American promotions or trying to but DDT for me are the number two in Japan I, at the moment I'd go number three only because, and this is the hipster wrestling nerd in me, the foothold that Dragon Gate has outside of Tokyo. Yeah. I mean, they're filling the same venues that New Japan fill outside of Tokyo. Um, it's just when they come to Tokyo, they fill Karakuen Hall, but they won't go any bigger than that. Uh, but they'll fill Kobe World Hall and Osaka Joe Hall and stuff like that. And the Dragon Gate product is like nothing else in the world. I'm willing to yeah. defer to you. You know much more than me. Well, I will send you Japanese. a Dragon Gate show and your jaw will hit the floor. It is unbelievably good. Yeah. Well, if they, if they don't have to... Well, if they're just doing dojo shows, he's probably going to spend more time in the dojo now they're not travelling. Yeah. Um, they don't do that much travelling, do they? Did they tell you? No, they, they yeah, get around like, and they do yeah, their show shows and stuff. stuff. They don't have, if it's just going to be in the... In the dojo, he's going to get And he's going to be like a sponge too. Yeah. He's just going to absorb that's, absolutely everything. That's what he was talking about. He's just going to keep his ears open and um, and just be himself. Yeah. Because um, he's a really genuinely humble Yeah. Well, nice I've instructed guy. him that if he can get me a photo of him with Maki Ito, I'll pop big time. I wonder what he could teach her in terms of English. 
He doesn't. I, I have to have a word to him. <laughs> Teach her some of these Australian. Open, she's very open. Oh, swear words. Australian swear words. Yeah, one in particular. Yeah. <laughs> I learned to do word today. <laughs> yeah, let's let's text him that after yeah, yeah, the show. Very good. Uh, WWE Crown Jewel boys. Yeah, it's um, I look. Think of what you will of Crown Jewel and whether that should even happen, which most people are against for um, a myriad of reasons. I feel like having Crown Jewel where it is on the calendar um, hurts the run to WrestleMania. That's like it. They're trying to promote this show as if it's a big deal and no one cares about it. They're also trying to build their next pay-per-view, but it's the road to WrestleMania. It sort of muddies the water too much for me. I think creatively, it's in the wrong spot. I agree completely. I think the road to WrestleMania is already muddied with Elimination Chamber. Like, you're meant to the Royal Rumble and then you meant to know who you're wrestling in two months but they've got to put the belt up twice now going in so it muddies the already muddy water and you're right no one it's a cash grab mm. no one gives a shit like why is Goldberg on the card it's just yeah. wrestling in a bubble exactly That's, so we can I, I feel we can ignore it it's what I'm going to do anyway and Great. I don't think it's going to have ramifications against Wrestlemania if you just ignore it well, who's Goldberg wrestling? Uh, the Fiend. I'm going to ignore it until The Fiend drops Goldberg on his head for the second time in two Saudi shows and it goes all over the internet. I can't wait. The problem is, what if um, there's a change in titles in the 24-7 title and you won't be able to follow who's got that for WrestleMania? That's going to be disappointing. That's going to be disappointing. Is Vincent Payne going to leave the talent there this year? <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're, they're going to rush back really quick. And what's the turnaround for SmackDown now? Uh, it's the same. So you leave half the talent at home. Well, it worked well for them last time because oh, they they got they popped well. a huge rating on that. Yeah, yeah everyone's yeah. like, "What's going on here?" Yeah. So maybe yeah. it could be a good business move. <laughs> just be and two hours of Rhea Ripley on uh, Friday night. Yeah, yeah. How good's she going? I unbelievably well. Um, like Brooksy alluded to in his interview, Australians are kicking goals everywhere. And promotions, even now not your top three as per Tony's rankings, your other big companies are looking at guys too. That's Royce is a perfect example. Do you know what I mean? He's now going over and gets to wrestle for DDT. I think it goes under the radar a lot what our guys are doing in the UK. Do you know what I mean? Like Mark Davis cut down with an injury he's home at the moment, but Kyle Fletcher's now kind of stepped up into Chris Brooks's spot. Yeah. Like not even And Charlie's know, doing really well over there too. Charlie's doing great stuff. People forget that Sean Customs over there as well, doing amazing stuff all across the independents. Like it's uh, Rufio's over there. Rufio who I think's yeah. genuinely Australian wrestling's best kept secret. Well most people don't even remember that he's Australian. But this is the thing. Yeah. Like he's absolutely brilliant. He was brilliant when he left. If he if we're ever blessed to have him back here, I can't wait to see what he does. Well, Australian suicide who is a huge star in Mexico. He is. Uh, he's a perfect example. His social media content cracks me up, by the way. He's because funny. if you've spent any time, more than 10 minutes in a room with him, you know that he's not putting a single thing on, and that's what he does. So it's so it's, you bring up social media and how much of a, an advantage it is for wrestlers now. Would it be fair to say that social media probably played a fairly big part in DDT? Oh, 100%. About- that's how Roy yes, got yeah. signed. Um the gifts uh, and stuff I was going to say, how much of the curtain can we pull back on how that all went down? Um, well, we can just—I can just say that um, definitely the 
the gift from I think it was the one from um, Sydney. Yep. Yep. Uh, of him doing the Suzuki special um, with the extra handspring. Um, that's what went viral, and that's what got seen. And I think that leads then DDT to take a further look at some other stuff that Royce is doing. And, yeah. And then without the gift makers, we mentioned it. I think it was a couple of weeks yeah. ago. Like, um, without the gift makers, a lot of these guys wouldn't get seen in Australia. Well, it was... Uh, what is it? Mr. Lariato got his yeah. thing taken down by Fight TV. Yeah. And that's such a huge blow because you're right. It's how stuff goes viral now. Gif, the, gifting doesn't hurt the shows. People are like, oh, it affects online buys and stuff like it that. It increases them. Either I went and checked out a show because of a exactly it either doesn't nothing happens and the gift maker is taking his time out to produce some content that the wrestler is going to share or it goes viral and something blows up like there's no downside to it you're right Pete like I've checked out shows off the back of one gif and so many other people do it as well and it's an amazing way for promotions and wrestlers to market themselves the fact that companies are like don't do gifts is fucking stupid mm. I mean don't show whole shows but definitely like a gif is only. Seven seconds, seconds. Yeah. yeah. But um, guys like Will Osprey putting Royce over, yeah. Um, that kind of stuff. It's you can't buy that. Yeah. Well, I did tell Will to. Well, I told Royce to poke Will Osprey because Will Osprey's dream match happens to be Naomichi Marafuji at the moment. Oh. <laughs> so I'm like, maybe call him out on that one. <laughs> because let's face it, there's a lot of Australians that would like to see Will Ospreay get in the ring with Royce at some stage. And I think one day that match happens. Um, That's genuinely, I think, an international dream match. Yeah. Yep. Um, and look, what Will's done for Australian wrestling, um, I don't think it can be measured. I, I think we'll all look back on it in 10 years and go, that was it. Like, Cool. He came out a couple of times and he was in and out and he won the PWA title and the MCW Intercommonwealth title. And then we had a Carter. But Will genuinely was going to move here. Mm. And if it wasn't for a couple of factors, that didn't happen. But he loves it here. Absolutely adores this place. He's thinking about coming over for a holiday just because of how much he loves. He grew up on Australian backyard wrestling. And he, uh, I know that when he moved to Japan, we sort of tweeted him saying, oh, it means you can come to Australia more. And he said, genuinely, one of the reasons why I want to live in Japan is because it makes it an eight-hour trip to Australia rather than a 24-hour trip to Australia. He has every reason to not work as hard as he does when he comes here. He came here with a broken foot. He came here with a broken yeah. foot. He he genuinely risked, I mean, with the typhoon when yeah, that hit. Job. He, 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 he risked <laughs> his job. He risked his job. And I, I saw emails that went out, and you've got to get back here. His flights got cancelled. He almost missed... I remember both, talking to he you He almost that missed day. both... Not, yeah, because that's why I'm bald now. I pulled all my hair out that day. <laughs> um, yeah, he almost had to pull out of both shows to go home. Mm. And if it wasn't for all the flights getting cancelled and us having to circle around, and we got him home, they stripped John Moxley of the US title. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Who, uh, Zach didn't make it either, did he? There was, no, there was somebody no. else who, yeah, who missed that the, show. And that's in the lead up to Wrestle Kingdom. Exactly. If he hadn't have been there, that was the night Hiromu came back. Mm. <laughs> it's actually crazy. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's it's unbelievable. People don't give it credit. Like, they don't think about the sort of... <clears throat> working Australia is not just a payday for Will. I mean... No. It, he doesn't need not. to do it. 
he he has genuinely invested his body in Australian wrestling because he, he he had what I think in eleven months we'll say is probably the Australian match of the year against Dowie James on a broken foot. That was, I mean, the, the, that match blew up online. Yeah, and uh, I was really pleased to see Dowie get that kind of attention, um, and especially for a real Dowie move. It yep. wasn't for doing something stupid. It was for a transition move. It was a transition into a yeah into an omoplata. And like, it was every wrestler on the planet who saw that was putting it over. Stealing that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I presume off the back of that, you're not cancelling Will Ospreay. No, no, I'm in a good mood with Will. I would never cancel Will. I know, so what are you cancelling? He's been cancelled enough. Um, I, I, I'm not sure if I'm going to cancel. I mean, uh, did anyone see that AEW brought out their new figurines, their dollies? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they actually look good. Do they? Well, you know, the, the faces and their... The clothes look really good. Yep. The collectors will be happy. Those concave chests. Yeah. Rubbish. Everyone's got the same arms. Look, I loved. Jake's I, I, lo- I loved uh, wrestling figurines. Then I turned thirteen, and uh, well, probably twelve. And what's with that? adults collecting dollies? Come on. Uh, what you... So you're going against collectors? You're trying to collect to shame somebody. <laughs> No, I'm just in general. Like, you, you I, mean, I am going to get cancelled from a group chat that I'm in for this. But... <laughs> You're cancelling adults collecting wrestling dolls. Or, figurines. But, dollies. Figurines. But what's the difference between that and so that or when we went to Japan and me dropping 120 bucks on a great Muda figure? Yeah, I was jealous of that, actually. Yeah. What's the difference? No difference. I'm going to cancel you too. You're, you're a loser. <laughs> <laughs> Did you not see that Liger one that came out last year? That was amazing. That Liger figure and then oh. the black Liger figure. Yeah. yeah. Look, I don't know. I mean, apparently it costs 600 bucks to ship it to Australia anyway. So. <laughs> cancel. Good luck for Cancel Australian postage. Yeah, That's I was going to say, cancel Canc- Australia cancel post. That. It's not Australia post. That's the Americans. Yeah. Cancel Gouging UPS us. and then Gouging we'll gif it and it'll go viral. Uh, yeah, I'm not really cancelling the figure. That segment didn't work this week. Well done. Uh, I was due for one bad one. I'll give you something yeah, to cancel. Lyle's at about 30. I'll give you something to cancel. Lyle, uh, how was AEW today? It was really good. Yeah, really good. It? Well, they're on fire at the minute. Yeah. You know, Tony leading into their pay-per-view. So and Cody's doing really well. Really good. Really Lethal good. Lepia. He's the, the best uh, baby face in the business at the minute, I think. I thought he was a heel. It depends what show it is on. Have you, uh, have you purchased any books... Uh, I've pre-ordered the Young Bucks uh, autobiography. Yeah, I got their they had a kids book I think last year or the year before that I got. I'm a big uh, wrestling book. Why are you buying kids books? I'm just a wrestling book collector. Um, I don't know if you don't cancel. We probably cancel that next week now. And um, I thought it was strange. Um, no reading should be encouraged. Yeah, in a child your age. Hangman was plugging his. Uh, he's got a kids kids book out at the minute. Yeah. So he Is comes- Hangman a drunk? Yeah, which was strange. And a hangman? <laughs> and a hangman. So, yeah, he's, he's come to the ring shilling his book to try sure. and undercut the young bus, obviously. Book. And it's a children's book. I don't understand what you've got a problem with it. No, I no, because... Play, I used to play hangman when I was a kid. <laughs> you could spell? With the, yeah, with the You would have lost every time, Tony. With the bike on the noose. Had they invented pen and paper back then? You're an idiot. You were using quill and parchment. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. I thought I did think tablet of, and stone, like, stone tablet. And <laughs> well, you see, we've got full three sixty. I use a tablet now as well. <laughs> I just thought that's the your sec- sleeping tablet and 
I just the thought the segment uh, went off the cliff a little bit when he was handing the books out to kids in the front row and he was tipping beer on them at the same time. Yeah, so, yes. yeah, a little bit it was a little That's bit how I grew up. <laughs> I was going to make the same joke. <laughs> you know how we grew up? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My man was like, you used to visit other people's houses. <laughs> well done. Uh, from there, we move on to the... turn it back on me? From there, we move to the Practice. New Japan Cup. Well, the New Japan Cup is coming up. Thanks, Tony. That's well, thanks for bailing me out there, mate. And, uh, you know, Australia's own Mikey Nichols is in it. Uh, in the first round against Sonata, which should be good. Um, very interesting, the New, New Japan Cup. They always throw in a um, some upsets there with the bigger names. So hmm. you've got the rematch of Osprey versus Shingo. Jay White's first round match. Yes. That's My boy. A, Jay, My boy, Jay White. Yeah, that you, uh, you nearly had a whole... Segment of the crowd turn got, on you I in the did, Tokyo Dome. I did get booed at the Tokyo Dome. What if there's a Jay White dolly? Are you going to buy it? No. I'm going to cancel you. What if the only who's he wrestling in the first round of the new show? The, the minute there's a Royce Chambers doll, I'll get it. All right. Well, that probably won't be that far away, actually. It's the way he's going at the minute. Yep. Yeah, so very looking, yeah, looking forward. Kota Ibushi versus uh, Zack Sabre Jr. Who's he picked to win the New Japan Cup? I don't know. I've taken a fleeting look at the brackets. So. Yep. Who, who? It's a very fleeting look at the brackets. Yep. I know about six people who are in it. Um, I think the last Australian to win the Japan Cup was a bit of loosen up. Can someone turn off his mic? <laughs> that uh, was did you... the worst joke in the history of the podcast. I don't know. <laughs> you haven't listened to every episode then. <laughs> <laughs> you made three worse than that last week. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it wasn't that bad. Uh, my pick to win the New Japan Cup. I'm going to say Jay White. That's fair. Yes. That's fair. You, you, you happy with Jay that? Jay White go with that. or Kenta? Both. So it's definitely a Bullet Club. It's definitely Bullet Club. Bullet Club. Bullet Club. Looking Gino, to a Gino will be happy with you. I've got a pair of thongs coming from Tampa for that comment. It's oh, yes. won't be a tracksuit. No, it definitely won't be a tracksuit. <laughs> Promotional consideration paid for by Bullet Club. <laughs> <laughs> Those thongs do look good. Yeah, I know. Mm. Uh, Joel, the joke was on you because I wasn't joking. I was actually serious, but that's all right. What was it? What? Was that a horse race? Yeah, it was a horse Did you call that race as well? Or no, you only no, call I them didn't. in casinos? No, I just remember it. Okay. I remember it too. But it just, oh, do you? This is a wrestling podcast. No, I understand that, but it's the Japan Cup. No. We we're talking about. A new Japan it's Cup. It's the new Japan new Cup. Japan. That's the old Japan <laughs> Cup. Oh, <laughs> old Japan. <laughs> ah, Okay. Uh, we have an announcement to make too. We do, folks. We do. And sorry, we have to put ourselves together for this. We're doing a live podcast. When? Another one. We are, but it's going to be a lot more than that. We're actually not even the attraction. Mm. So we're doing a live podcast. Um, we're partnering with Andy Coin and the no holds, um, bar. no holds bar, and Mr. Casanova Valentine. And I'm forgetting things because I don't have it written down in front of me. Does anyone? I... Someone's got to be more organised than me. It's not on your run sheet, is it? No. It's not on mine either. Lyle. Lyle did the run sheets this week. Just want to point that out. Uh, no, so uh, it's at the Royal Mail. Um, and there's going to be... They're amazing supporters of wrestling in this country. They are. Yeah. They really are. Good and the, I know that they. that's where Andy hosts the... Um, yep. No Holds Bar. And they do after parties after New Japan at Festival Hall. And I know they're putting WrestleMania on. Um, I never get invited to the after parties. 
I'm usually too drunk though. There's a reason for that. Um, but some great talent going to be on the show. So Casanova Valentine will be there. Sid Parker will be there. Erica Reed will be there. Sicko Smacks. Oh, very good. Mm. Guido from the USA. Who's just moved here. Um, lovely bloke, but that'll be exciting. He won't be a lovely bloke on the night when he's fighting someone, I'm I sure. I assume he's going to be a giant prick. Uh, Wake. <laughs> Wake? Really? Yes. I'm a big fan of Wake. Me too. I, I think he's absolutely brilliant. I think he's criminally under. And I believe there's a Joel Bateman on the card as Wait, well. What? It's on the list. In my book. That I've been Wait, sent. what? <laughs> Sweet! Yeah, so awesome. uh, the lineup, that's the lineup. Um, Cass mentioned he was doing a show with you blokes, but he didn't mention that I was on it. Awesome. All right. Well, cool. he did. Uh, like he's been messaging us on Twitter. <laughs> and uh, festivities and recordings will kick off from whenever. We haven't announced yet. And uh, <laughs> there'll be a wrestling portion of the show, and then uh, it'll be a bit of a party. It is a Wednesday night. Um, it's a school night. We'll be right. But it's the night before the AFL season starts, so we're going to kick off the AFL season in style on the 18th of March. So plenty of time for everyone to get an annual leave day for Thursday? Yeah. Or that, at least start, okay. start Go to work hungover. Yeah. If my name was Casanova Valentine, I would definitely be a dating game host. Okay. It's a great name. Yes, Tony. <laughs> Lucky it's Tom Shinecki. <laughs> Tom Shinecki! Don't laugh, that happened once. <laughs> yeah, it was Cremator that called you that. <laughs> and you reckon you've known him for 10 years, 15 years. Yeah. It, it was Cracker Jack six weeks later. <laughs> was that your promoter's name? Friday night on the 28th. <laughs> BCW 38 with the Mexicools, who were two Guerrero, Super Crazy, and Psychosis on that show. Uh, Good pronunciation there, Tony. Thank you very much. Very good. And Do you know where Mexico is? Me- yeah. Where? It's south of uh, Texas. Good. It's in North America. Hey? It's in North America. Mexico? Yes. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. It's, it's on South the America. continent of North America. It's in South America, surely. No, it's in North... <laughs> Are you going to question me on geography? It's closer to Pakistan, Tony. <laughs> A script, uh, uh, a speech writer for Donald Trump. I think. PCW <laughs> Friday Night Slam is on at Fern Trick Gully. Uh, Saturday, the 29th, PCW Ignition with Brooksy returning for the first time. I could have got him there. Save myself <laughs> <laughs> Returning for the first time in seven years in Fern Trick Gully. Place won't be the same. Uh, Warzone Fury in Mulgrave, BCW 39 with the Mexicools at the Actors Centre, Australia, in Sydney. It's a lovely venue. Is it? Never been there. Yeah, I've seen photos. It looks okay, great. Cool. Right City Wrestling. Thank you. Because someone chunked the run sheet. Right City Wrestling presents Glutton for Punishment as a part of the Adelaide Fringe Festival um, in Rymel Park, featuring a 10-man Royal Rumble. In Adelaide. You got on the wrong weekend. February mate. and March are the only two things that happen in Adelaide. Everything happens in February and March in Adelaide, and then that's it. Nothing happens. Yep. Yeah. It's an, they have super. They call it in. Mad March for a reason. Yeah. They have the Fringe Festival, heaps of stuff. Well, they celebrate Tony Shebeki Day to honour that day you were there so. last week. I wouldn't have thought that's so. That's why Brooksy and Dow weren't over. Australian Wrestling League <laughs> into Phase 1 from the Kitty Hawk Room in Brisbane. That'll be really exciting. This is the first collaborative show, isn't yes. it? Yes. Mm. Yes, it is. 
So they've merged now? Yeah, so that's... Um, both companies were doing really good things and uh, pooling their efforts. I think that um, there were a real chance of getting Queensland noticed again. Yep. For the uh, right reasons. Yes, 100%. PWA Academy number three, the house is the lice in Ingleburn, New South it's Wales. The house is light. Loud. The house is the lice. No, no it's the house, it's the is, house light. is light. I know, but it says here the house yeah, is the lice. We know. Can Lyle's we confirm that? Lyle's no good at the run sheet. Not like me, Tony. Did you write the run sheet? In New Ingleburn, New on South on Wales. Wahlberg is on the show. That'll be Maddie Wahlberg. No, it's uh, Mark. Mark no. Wahlberg. <laughs> Matt face through the roof. Velocities. Uh, sorry, the... It's now, wait, that's not a typo, that's the Velocities. That one's not a typo. Who are the Velocities? Just to get yourself out of some grammatical hell. What grammatical? That's how... That's who, who are the velocities? Well, you got the velocities, the, the two boys, Jude and um, the other guy. <laughs> <laughs> Paris, Paris. De Silva. Paris de Silva. That was for you, Tony. No, it was not. <laughs> jerk. And Val Pierce. Yes. Are uh, teaming up, Tony, to yeah. take on. Keep Troy. <laughs> Jessica Troy. <laughs> you just got velocities versus Troy. Jack Bonza. Oh, and Kingsley. And my favourite, Kingsley. <laughs> oh, there's a comma there. You're Sorry, a fucking okay. mark. <laughs> oh, yeah, I love, what P- I love what PWA do with their show names. Have you seen the name of their um, next have. big show? It's amazing. Coming out of my cave and I've been doing just fine. <laughs> the house is the lights a good name, right? It's the hell you... <laughs> no Holes Bar on Sunday the 1st of March. Go and watch this... Great taping of a, a lovely show. The Sunday session at the Royal Mail Hotel. Cracker Jack and Brother Gore, special guests on I the I was going to say, I'm on that. I'm written on the outside of the pub. But, I've but, seen you on the poster. Yeah, thanks for putting Lion. me over. i seen the photo after so the rain saw and it was the, gone. You saw the photo. I saw I saw the chalk and there were, your name wasn't there. <laughs> Shit. It would do rain today, though. I'm NBT. Yeah, yeah. It, did, it did. It did. It did rain. rain I washed my name off the marquee. Yeah, That's exactly. Sorry about that. that. No, it should gentlemen. be. It should be a lot of fun. Uh, I believe there is a hot sauce chugging contest, which I'm really not looking forward to. Ooh. And I think I've got a shot at the No Holds Bar title in Deathmatch Twister. Okay. If ever there's a hot dog eating competition, get oh. in touch with me. I'll be there. Well, you and Brooksy did have a uh, bit of a chat. <laughs> anyway, next we week's did. guest we got Sammy Falcon. Ooh. I'm looking forward to that. From yes, so am I. from Arbor4K, who's a amazing talent that's mm. getting um not enough eyes on. Well, are you be... you gonna get a follow up with Brooksy? See what he's been doing in the last seven days? <laughs> Duck down to PCW Tony and I should do that. How's the last seven days been going? I should go up to him and say Tony should be <laughs> on the turnbuckle. Can we chat? Just so follow him around everywhere. Bob up in America. <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, Joel, I do apologise for the last so 15 minutes of the last program. thing that Tony needs is another restraining order. Right? <laughs> another. Let's turn the microphones off and I'll tell you about it. <laughs> <laughs> Catch you next week. Thank you, Joel. You're welcome. Thanks, mate. See you guys. Catch you next week right here on the Turnbuckle on mypodcasthouse.com. <laughs>